2: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Do you like this show
0: when you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro, and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. And we are here for another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins.
2: And I am one of the Keyblade Masters, Derek Diamond.
0: <laughs> I am the key Master. Are you the gatekeeper?
2: <laughs> <laughs> there is only Zool.
0: There is no Dana, only Zool. You
1: know, when I was only a kid, Zool.
0: I never understood what she was saying. Like when she was doing that voice. So I didn't understand what she was saying until I got older.
2: Yeah, a lot of that movie flew over my head yeah. when I was younger because I, I watched it for the first time. I want to say I was, I mean, I wasn't like a little kid. I was maybe like 12, 13 when I saw it for the first time. Yeah. So like some of it still flew over my head. Now it's like, it's, I appreciate it so much more that I've gotten older.
0: Yeah, I didn't put it in the news, but they have a new Ghostbusters game coming out soon too. This is going to be uh, kind of like the Friday the 13th, the game that came out a few years ago. We're all going to get sucked into that. You know we are. We're all going to be playing it.
2: What's going to happen is I'm going to be the one to try and fight it, but I know it's <laughs> going to be a losing battle.
0: Dude, it's going to be some fun game nights around here. We're going to be oh, uh, kick up game nights again. I'm pretty sure our Discord would be ready for that.
2: Oh, I think they would love it. It looks pretty cool, though.
0: Yeah, but uh, we got a few news stories to to get to this evening. You ready to just jump right in? Let's do it. of course all of today's stories uh, well not all of them but some of them were submitted to us by mr armes jackson and if you have a story you'd like us to cover send them to nerdgaveretro gave retro at gmail.com and this first story tonight is of course from one of our favorite sites nintendolife.com konami is whipping up a free indie games convention for june uh Konami announced that it would be hosting a new event, Indie Games Connect 2022 in Japan, that's entirely free to exhibitors and creators on the 26th of June. One of the biggest barriers for entry for fledgling developers and for attendees is the price of these events, so it's a fantastic idea for Konami to waive admission fees for this event, which will be held at the Konami Creative Center in Ginza, Tokyo. Uh, here's a summary of the event, courtesy of Gamatsu, Indie Games Exhibition a uh, place for creators who want as many users as possible to enjoy the games they ported their ideas into, um, game development consultation for exhibitors, and Game Developers Seminar, a discussion about the future of independent games and creators hosted by Sony Interactive Entertainment Indies Initiative Head, Shuhei Yoshida. Um, if you're a indie game developer, this might be a pretty cool thing to attend if you can get to Japan And this kind of makes me excited that Konami might be actually dipping their toes back into actually making video games.
2: Well, I think just, you know, as I'm sure you can relate to as an independent creator of an entertainment medium, Mm -hmm. costs can get very, they can pile up very, very high. So I think the fact that they're waiving fees to me is amazing. I wish that other mediums like film festivals Mm -hmm. would do this as well. So this this makes me really excited. Like it makes me happy for all the the indie developers who will be able to attend this that won't have to worry about costs as much.
0: Maybe there'll be some indie developers in uh welcome touch, Bluxy to the chat room. Uh it, it maybe some indie developers who want to do, you know, some Castlevania stuff, maybe uh oh, I don't know what are some other Konami games that uh you know uh, like Contra, maybe Mhm. Working on some stuff that they want Konami to, to take a look at, maybe dip their toes back into, you know, those type of things.
2: So fingers are crossed. Fingers crossed. That that makes me really excited for the, the actual developers. Yeah. Our next story comes to us from NintendoEverything.com. Whoever came up with this (laughs) must have gotten into my mind, because this is amazing. WrestleQuest, a wrestling RPG, announced for the Switch. Publisher Skybound Games and developer MegaCat Studios today revealed WrestleQuest, a new wrestling RPG. Yes, wrestling RPG. You heard that correctly. A release date hasn't been shared just yet, but we do know a Switch version is planned. And here's the first batch of official details. Powerbomb and pile drive your way through a massive pixel art universe where professional wrestling and RPG fantasy collide. Some of the key features include wrestle with destiny, take a hero's journey in tights upgrade from aspiring rookie to world champ by training, learning, glamming, and slamming to the top of the pro wrestling food chain. Your idols await draw inspiration from wrestling icons like Jake, the snake Roberts, macho man, Randy Savage, and even Andre the giant explore worlds based on their lofty careers uh, classic RPG combat meet wrestling moves, match styles, and gimmicks galore. And, of course, you've got uh, Wild Realms, exotic monsters, other fighters, so on and so forth. This sounds like a combination that I would have never put together, but I feel like I'm obligated to get this game. Dude, I am so into this. I want it right now. Like It looks like a really pretty game. Like It's almost like mm-hmm. an SNES game on steroids. Yeah. I love the look of it. I like that it has that classic turn-based RPG battle style. I know some people don't like that, but given what this the genre of this game is, I think it's perfect. It just looks fun. Yeah. And sometimes that's what you want with a game is you just want to dive in and just have fun. Like you don't want to have to worry about like a compelling storyline or great graphics. You just want to play it to have fun. And this looks like a perfect game for that. I think this
0: might be a day one purchase for me.
2: Yep cuz
0: I mean yeah, that, they got me with the good guys, bad guys, lizards, robots and more. I'm down.
2: I'm for it. I mean, when you pull up the article, you see you're the shot of uh Randy Macho Man Savage mm-hmm. and I'm just like, "Okay, I'm I'm in." Yeah. Like th- I, this 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 is a game that will be reviewed on this podcast. I
0: just hope the WWE doesn't go after him for some of these uh wrestlers looking a little too close to their their counterparts.
2: You know, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Well, but let's hope they don't. And if they, they
0: did, don't. why not throw the WWE label on it and make them the actual wrestlers?
2: Because that makes too much sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know. Oh, well.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, this next story is also from NintendoEverything.com. Uh, Kung Fury Street Rage Ultimate Edition announced for Switch. And if you've never seen Kung Fury... May I direct you to YouTube right now and look up Kung Fury, one of the greatest short films you will ever see in your entire life. Um, but publisher Aurora Punks and developer Hello There Games today announced that Kung Fury Street Rage Ultimate Edition, a beat 'em em up adventure, is on the way to Switch. A release is planned for summer. Expect the final release date to be shared soon. Uh, it's based on Kung Fury film by Laser Unicorns and has players taking control of five different characters, including Kung Fury, Hacker Man, oh, I want to play Hacker Man, and even David Hasselhoff. The Switch edition comes with the arcade Strikes Back and a day at the beach expansions, with the latter piece of content containing an entirely additional experience featuring a two-player co-op mode, all new levels, and boss battles. I, oh, I, I'm getting this. This is definite must-purchase.
2: I think this is a game that you and I need to play together.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: I didn't even uh, know
0: they made a game for this movie. Like, why have they not made Kung Fury into a a limited series or a full on like Netflix movie or something by now? Like, it's so out there.
2: And it's been a while
0: since Kung Fury has
2: been out. It came what, like five or six years ago. Yeah, it was like 2016 or so when that movie came out. 16 sounds right. I remember watching it and just like, I fell in love with it. I want to see more from that universe. So I would mm-hmm. love if they did like a limited series, a sequel, or even like a feature.
0: I think they did make a Kung Fury sequel. Uh, let me just check real quick.
2: If they did, I don't remember it, but I remember the first one very well. Uh,
0: yeah, they did. Um, Let's see. Go to IMDB Kung Fury 2. It is. <laughs> it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. <laughs> okay, I have to watch this tonight. Uh no, it's in post-production right now in uh oh, expected okay. 2022. Uh it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Fassbender, David Hasselhoff. Uh oh
2: my God, i want to watch this
0: right now.
2: The test testosterone is just <laughs> dripping out of your computer monitor.
0: <laughs> oh my god. I I remember they were talking about a sequel to it, but uh, I hadn't heard anything about it for a while. But it's uh, it's in post production right now. And go to uh, IMDb and look at the movie poster, and it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger sitting uh, behind the president's desk with his feet up and a big fat cigar, uh, uh, as Arnold does. And I'm just like, I want this now. I want it
2: now. I want it now. Now. Give it to me now. But yeah, we've got to get this game, and I, I we should play this together. Like I think it would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. I don't know if I would want to be Hasselhoff or if I, I want to be the Triceratop. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I gotta be Hacker Man though, dude. Hacker Man yeah. is awesome.
2: I just remember seeing this giant <laughs> Triceratops head. <laughs> In a police uniform. I'm like, what the hell am yeah, I watching? It's
0: so out there. It's it yeah. I can't if you've never seen Kung Fury, you can't I can't it can't be explained. You have to watch it. And it's only a short film, it's only like 15 or 20 minutes long, but it is so batshit crazy, like you just have to experience it. It
2: it can't be explained, it can only be experienced. Yeah,
0: exactly. It, it's uh, that's exactly
2: it. So our last news story comes to us from GameRant.com. My Nintendo Rewards adds classic N64 game keychains. The successor to Nintendo's defunct club Nintendo service, My Nintendo, is a loyalty program that allows avid purchasers and players of Nintendo products to collect and redeem points for digital and physical knickknacks. While the service has traditionally focused on digital goodies, Nintendo saw fit to introduce small physical rewards in 2020, abruptly discontinuing them in 2021. However, as of March 2022, a number of physical prizes returned to the My Nintendo site. They are now offering a collection of four Nintendo 64 themed keychains, which depict the rectangular boxes in which the games originally came packaged, which includes Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Super Mario 64, and The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. I'm surprised these aren't sold in stores. Yeah.
0: Well, you have to have their. Uh, let's see. Fans will have to accumulate a total of one thousand platinum coins in order to uh, secure complete the set of four. Yeah, to complete the set of four, like it take. You know how long it takes to get a thousand platinum coins <laughs> for the Nintendo eShop.
2: I'll be at retirement age by the time I do that.
0: Like, why not just give me the ability to just order these Nintendo?
2: Like, I would buy one. Like, I'd buy the Ocarina of Time one. and Heck, I'd probably buy all four of them, actually. I mean, they they wouldn't be that expensive. Like, ten bucks, maybe, for all four?
0: You would have to buy, like, a thousand Switch games to get enough uh, uh, coins in order to get these.
2: You would spend enough to where you could buy a thousand keychains.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, I mean, at least Nintendo's doing something, you know.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I would love to see them do something. I I don't want to say the keychains are bad because, I mean, they look cool. There's a couple of pictures of them on the article, but I'd like to see them do something with a little bit more substance. Like, I don't know, like one of these framed pictures that I've got behind me. Yeah. Do like a specialty Zelda one or a Mario one or a Metroid one. That'd be really cool.
0: I would dig that. I don't know. I I, I, I like keychains, but I don't know if I would actually use these. I, these would just be, you know, like, I would hang these but, up somewhere.
2: Yeah, because I don't know how big they are, but they might be, like, just big enough to where they'd be an inconvenience to put in your pocket.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I'm not and, a big keychain person anyway. Like, I just have, like, a basic ring that my keys are on, and that's it. I don't have any kind of, like, you know keychain dongle or anything so I don't know I I probably wouldn't use these
2: yeah they'd make for cool like little keepsakes though
0: yeah Um, but that's it for the news this week let's go ahead and we'll do this month in video game history that is low there we go On March 15th of 1994, Mega Man 6 is released for the NES in North America, the final installment of the mainline Mega Man games on an 8-bit home console.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I know we've mentioned it numerous times, but the fact that the NES's lifespan continued years after the Super Nintendo, and with franchises like Mega Man, which you think they would have just moved over to the Super Nintendo, but they didn't do that until the X series.
0: Yeah. I don't really dig the X games. I mean, I know people love them. I know they're good games, but like we've said before, too much dialogue, way too much dialogue in those games.
2: I'd love to play more of them. I reviewed the first one a while back, and I, I do agree it is a little too dialogue heavy because I don't have like the memories of Mega Man that you do. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, do all the games have this much dialogue? Because <laughs> no. from what I remember, I played a little bit of Mega Man 1 and 2, and I just remember you dive right in. I wish Mega Man X would have been like that to a degree. Like, I don't mind there being dialogue in those games. But when you think of Mega Man, you think of just, you know, straight up platformer fighting, you know, all the bad guys taking their abilities. Like, that's what you want to do and not sit through a ton of dialogue.
0: I was talking with Touch Biloxi in the the chat room about uh, keychains and how I don't like to use them because... I don't like having bulging pockets. That's why I don't use keychains. He says, my pocket's always bulging. I put extra things in my pockets to intimidate my, my opponents.
2: Uh, as one should. As one should. Yeah, he also says he wants to play Bowser's Fury. I really want to play Bowser's Fury, too, for the, yeah. for the Switch. The Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. One of these days, I'll get it. Yeah. Uh, let's see, where are we? Okay, March 25th, 1994, Bethesda releases the Elder Scrolls Arena for MS-DOS, the first game in the Elder Scrolls series. This blew my mind. I had no idea that the Elder Scrolls games were that old. I knew they were old, but I don't remember this game at all. I I don't either. It looks like the cover looks like a cover of Heavy Metal magazine. (laughs)
0: That is not a good cover art for this type of game.
2: That's somebody who just threw something together and said, yep, that's good. We're using it. It looks
0: like it would be on the side of a van in the 70s.
2: <laughs> so you remember in the the most recent Cobra Kai when Johnny gets the, the Dodge Caravan and he paints yeah. the giant eagle on the side? That's what this makes me think of. Yeah. This would be on the side of Johnny Lawrence's van.
0: Like it, 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 The Elder Scrolls, to me, have a certain aesthetic you know with their their game art, their box art, uh, you know, especially the games themselves, they always have that kind of realism, you know, that gritty gritty uh you know, middle age you know, middle ages style like look to them, like everything's dirty and gross and but this like <laughs> just go if you're listening to this, go look at the at, uh the the box art on Wikipedia. It's terrible. I mean, it's it, it's awful.
2: Yeah, it's bad. Well, I think we're spoiled with games like Skyrim and Oblivion that had great graphics. I mean, not to say that they have bad graphics now, but we're used to that certain expectation of what an Elder Scrolls game is going to be like. You think of pretty high-quality work yeah. when it comes to those games because you think of... Like how long were people playing Oblivion? Yeah. Even after Skyrim came out.
0: I had to give Oblivion up after a while because I just I couldn't stop playing it. So I, I sold it to a co coworker. It's like please take this away from me.
2: I was the same with Skyrim. I remember going to get that at midnight at the GameStop and <laughs> Pace and then went to a friend's house and we we all brought our Xboxes because we all got the game. All brought our own TVs and everything. We had like two people per room. And we played it all night. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't stop. And I was like, you know what? I, I've got to, I got to give this up.
0: And touch he says, Hey man, the arena cover got the half naked lady on it. What more do you want? If you look at it, <laughs> she's so misproportioned. Like even for like, you know, this style of, you know, heavy metal style art. It's, it's just awful. Yeah. I mean, if,
2: I don't want to go there but uh yeah it, it's just not a it's not a good cover yeah at all uh
0: let's see March 24th of 2000 Kirby 64 the Crystal Shards is released for the N64
2: in Japan This game got very mixed reviews when it came out if if I remember correctly I've never played it though I do want to at some point I know the new Kirby game is mm-hmm. either out or it's about to it's be about out It's about to
0: come out Have you seen the uh the the trailer for it Mm -hmm. yeah it looks pretty good actually
2: yeah it it looks fun. like the i remember you changed your opinion on the kirby games Mm -hmm. because of you know because of the show yeah so i i'd be curious about kirby 64 because i never played that i didn't play any of the super nintendo games up until recently because i think it's kirby superstar is on the uh the Mm e-shop so I've, i've played that off and on but my experience from Kirby is from Game Boy or Smash Brothers.
0: Yeah, the NES version that I reviewed was the first Kirby game I'd ever played, and it completely, completely changed my mind about Kirby because I had such a hardcore view that you know Kirby was a kid's game, like that's that's like kid stuff, and it's mm-hmm. not. It's one of the best platformers for the 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 NES.
2: Well, and Kirby, like people don't put Kirby in the same level as like a Mario or a Zelda, but it has its fan base. And I remember yeah. there was even a Kirby cartoon back in the early 2000s that I think it lasted for for a couple of seasons. But, you know, I, yeah, I think you got to be pretty popular if you get your own show.
0: I think it's just because he has that cutesy kid stuff look about him that people don't really give it the, the respect that it deserves.
2: Touch Biloxi says favorite Kirby of all time, and the cartoon was the bomb. I remember <laughs> it had a it had a very catchy theme song. It was called Kirby Right Back At You. <laughs> and it came on uh around the same time as uh Sonic X. I
0: don't remember that at all. Oh, that completely passed me by.
2: Yeah, I'm not ashamed to say that I still watched cartoons through high school and <laughs> and beyond into my mid thirties, but I digress. Into my forties. <laughs> Fair enough. And last but not least, March 21st of 2001, the Game Boy Advance handheld is released by Nintendo in Japan. Also to back up the GBA's identical graphics to the SNES, an enhanced remake of Super Mario Bros. 2 was launched. I can't remember if it was last week or it was very recently on the show. I talked about the confusing numbering with the Mario Advance games because Super Super Mario Advance was Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah. Super Mario Advance 2 was Super Mario World. So it got (laughs) very confusing, but I I adored the Game Boy Advance because you know my love of the Super Nintendo. Yeah. That's basically a portable Super Nintendo because you could play games like the the Mario All-Stars versions of the classic Mario games linked to the past. Uh, So many great games for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. Still doesn't get the credit it deserves, I think.
0: Uh but now we're uh before we go into the review tonight, Derek has shout outs.
2: Yes, as always, we like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcave retro, where we want to shout out Tyler Watson, Axblade 07, Daniel Salmon, Armes Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, aka Rampage, Rampage, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, Ron Johnson, Mixmaster, Mike Eveland, Jennifer Eveland, and Mr. Brandon Rutledge. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get early access to our fun monthly bonus episodes, which usually consist of commentary tracks like the one we did last month, which was a 90s filled nostalgia fest with Batman the animated series and gargoyles uh we'll be recording our bonus show this weekend not quite sure what we're going to commentate on just yet but i i I'm sure I speak for you too i always have fun regardless of what doesn't commentary matter track it what do. we do it, it's
0: always fun <laughs> and
2: it's usually the worst quality of shows or movies is what makes the best like the double dragon commentary track is still one of my favorites just because we shit on that movie so hard yeah but it was fun
0: <laughs> i really want to do another episode of captain in the game master that's one of my votes
2: it's been a while yeah. so I, i'd be okay with doing captain in the game master
0: so I'm but yeah if that. you
2: want to be a part if you want to be a part of our awesome patreon community just head over to patreon.com slash and for new patrons be sure to send us your social media info whichever one you prefer whether it's twitter facebook instagram or email so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey guys, we got to tell you about B Rez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida.
0: No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. They can even add
2: flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like darker roasts like I do, Then try the Critical Dark or Kooslayer Mocha Roast, or the Gamers on the Edge Esports Roast. They even have holiday-inspired roasts like Fall Spice, Sweet Tooth, or The Muffin Man. Do you know The Muffin Man? Can't decide
0: what you want for those all-night gaming sessions? Then try one of their specialty sample packs.
2: All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying
0: all that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brescoffeecode.com and use our code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, we'll be talking about... So before we go into the review for Kingdom Hearts tonight, I do want to give a huge shout out to uh, Mr. Atlas, who sent me this game along with uh, the extra PS2 he had a few months back, and uh, he sent me a couple of games with it. This was one of the games that he sent with it, and uh, thank you to him for that. So everybody, for you know, uh, this review is all thanks to him. So give him a give him a golf clap there. But uh, I never. Honestly, never played this game before. Um, never even really he- heard or knew much about this game, even though as big a gamer as I am, th- these games just never, never really passed in front of me at all. Like I just didn't either. I just didn't pay attention or thought it was, you know, a kid's game or whatever. But until a few years ago, on one of my older podcasts, Pop Culture Palette, Stephanie. This is one of her favorite, like Kingdom Hearts is her favorite uh, series of games of all time. She was constantly talking about Kingdom Hearts, always waiting for a new Kingdom Hearts game uh, to come out. And uh, so when this came in the mail, you know, I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is that game that Stephanie likes. And if you'd asked me before I played this game, if you'd asked me, what is Kingdom Hearts? I really honestly didn't know much about this game. I would have said, I don't know, it's Final Fantasy mixed with Disney. That's kind of the I don't know, the the impression I had about it. That's about it. Like going into this game, I really had no idea what it was going to be like, what it was going to play like, um if it was going to be like turn-based, action or or what it was going to be. Um so, if you've never played the Kingdom Hearts, it is, uh, it's a series of action role-playing games developed and published by Square Enix. Uh, originally, it was Square before Square and Enix merged. Uh, it's a collaboration between Square Enix and the Walt Disney Company and is under the direction of Tetsuya Normura, a longtime Square Enix employee. Um, centers on the main character, Sora, and his journey and experiences with various Disney and Pixar characters as well as some from the Square Enix properties, such as Final Fantasy. Uh, the world ends with you and Einhander, in addition to original characters and locations created specifically for the series. Um, so, I first popped this in you know, a couple of months ago when I, when I re- got the PS2. Played through the first uh, sort of like 10-minute tutorial of the game, and then you get to the island, and that's where I kind of stopped. Until I started playing it again a couple of weeks ago, uh that's, I want to say this game is definitely a slow burn, and uh it took a long time it took at least two and a half hours to get to a point where I was like, okay, I understand the appeal of this game now, and I know you kind of you had something to say about that as well
2: yeah so my experience with this game is very different from yours because I was extremely aware of this game because as a kid of the nineties you know I grew up with the likes of aladdin uh Tarzan uh nightmare before christmas i'm these I'm mentioning these specific movies because they're featured in the game so uh, Disney was very much immersed in pop culture not to say that it wasn't before but it really experienced a rebirth in the 90s because of movies like Aladdin and the Lion King. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, well it was so, Lion King that really got Disney well, I don't know, maybe it was uh, Little Mermaid that really got Disney back on its feet yeah. because Disney had a rough time in the throughout mm-hmm. the 70s and early 80s.
2: And I had never played Final Fantasy, but I was very much aware of the games. I can remember watching friends and watching my uncle play games like Final Fantasy 7. And then I heard, I can't remember exactly where, but they're like, oh, there's going to be a cross between Final Fantasy and Disney. And I'm like, mm. what? <laughs> like, I, I like it's like com- it's a combination you would never yeah. expect. But I, I think, you know, Disney, no matter what age you are, when you're introduced to Disney, and I know Disney's been the source of a little bit of controversy lately, but there's something about that childhood disney magic of movies from when you were a kid that still capture your imagination and just captivate Uh you so i knew because of i didn't even really care what the story was i said i want to play this game just to see what it's like so i remember getting it not too long after it came out and it was a game that i went back and forth on playing because there's a lot that i really like about it but the game does have its flaws and i especially see them more now that we're about to be 20 years after the release of it which yeah. i'm sure we'll we'll get into you know the pros and cons but yeah i i remember kingdom hearts very well and being very excited for it whenever it came out
0: yeah i you know getting into the game you know the first I'd say probably an hour and a half, two hours of the game, you're on an island and you're just kind of doing little, little
2: little chores, little
0: chores and things like that, And I was like, "What is this?" like I, I was very, very skeptical <laughs> of the first couple of hours of this game.
2: Yeah, it, it's you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely a slow burn. the The tutorial takes a little too long, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I, I get the island setting and you having to see the friendship between Sora, Riku, and Kairi. But you
0: could give me that in a cutscene. Yes,
2: <laughs> yes, you can. I, I completely agree. And another and thing, I get.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say I get why they do it because of events that happen at the end of the game, Uh but you go ahead. It just
0: the game. And this is not really a complaint because I don't need to have my hand held during games, but sometimes I need a little direction and I, I feel like a lot of the Island part was me just kind of accidentally moving the story forward. Cause this game does not hold your hand at all. And I just kind of stumbled across where I was supposed to go and what I was supposed to do, and I feel like if I had been given a little direction or a little push, I would have gotten through it a lot faster.
2: well, it's such a contrast between the tutorial and then when you go on the island, you don't really know where you're supposed to go, yeah. what you're supposed to do and you you eventually figure it out you know after the first thing you do, everything else kind of falls into place but I agree that there should have been a little more like, hey, go go to the other side of the island and do this or go talk yeah. to this person and then and touch you, know, you, you go from there.
0: Honestly, yes, I did win the race on the island. It took me, I think, about 30 tries <laughs> to finish and beat him. Um, but that was one of those things like I just kept doing this stuff over and over again. Because I didn't know what else to do until I finally somehow triggered uh, what was the girl's name that's on the boat that tells uh, you to go get all the stuff, like the coconuts and uh, the fish and all that kind of stuff.
2: You talking about Riku?
0: Riku, yeah. Because I, I kept running past that boat, and nothing was there. And then after I did the the, the race or whatever, which was about to drive me through the wall... <laughs> because I couldn't... And that was my biggest complaint. The biggest complaint about this game is the fact that you cannot... You have to do platforming in this game, but you have no control, really, over the camera, and you're in a 3D world. Now, you can move the camera with your right and left trigger, but it's so slow and clunky. I want the freedom... To look up and down and and move around fast, so I'm trying to you know win this race or do a, uh, and do platforming throughout this game. I can't freaking see where I'm going. I can't see where I'm supposed to be jumping, and a, a nine times out of ten, I would just have to just blind leap of faith.
2: Well, that's a problem that a lot of those games had in the early 2000s, those early 3D platformers, because Sonic Adventure One and Two. Have the same problem too. Yeah, Atlas. It, it's, it's like it, it, a lot of developers couldn't quite figure out how to get the camera right. Yeah, Atlas
0: in the chat room says the controls have not aged well, and Touchbluxy said they have fixed it in the remaster really well. Which I was going to ask if any of our listeners have played the uh, the remaster, the one point five remaster, I think for the Switch. I think it might be out for PS4 too. Um, it is. Did they fix the, the camera? Because I was fighting that camera the whole time because you're I'm trying to move the camera and it only moves you know left or right around your character, but when I'm like on a platform and you know enemies are popping up and I'm fighting them and I'm falling off of ledges and I'm trying to move the camera around like i I can't it was it makes me want to bite the controller in half because it's so slow and clunky I just they have to have fixed that.
2: My biggest complaints of this game, because I, I think I played it maybe like two years ago, the camera, as you mentioned, the combat has not aged very well. Like the, I don't like it's the targeting a, system. It's a it's button a mess. masher.
0: It, it it was really hard to like lock on to which character I wanted to fight, especially when you move on after you get past the island. You move on to. Uh, what was the name of that city? Traverse Town. Traverse Town. You run around there a little bit. You you do uh, you do some quests. Like uh, you meet up with Don with Donald Duck and Mick and um Goofy. Goofy. Who they they've had their own kind of side story going on at the same time as you during cutscenes and things of that nature. You meet up with them and then you go to your first world uh on the gummy ship uh because you're trying to find Mickey. Mickey has gone missing. People in the kingdom are losing their hearts, so you're you've got to go find these you're fighting an enemy called the Heartless. And so you're going on the you know to these different worlds. So the first world I went to was uh um Wonderland, uh Alice in Alice in Wonderland. And I'm trying to fight enemies and I you know Donald keeps getting knocked out in the middle <laughs> of the 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 fight because I don't know how to switch Uh, you know, targeting for whatever enemy so we can all hit the same enemy at once instead of all all three of us fighting, you know, different enemies at the same time. It was kind of frustrating.
2: But to me also, when you start actually going to different worlds, because what you have to do is you... All the worlds are basically unlocked, essentially. So you have to use the Keyblade to lock them in their own separate world, so that the Heartless are gone they're not invading those specific worlds anymore that's when the game really picks up and where you find its charm because when you start going to wonderland when you go to agrabah when you go to halloween town like the nostalgia really kicks in and really where it it kicked in for me the first time i played it was when you go to i believe it's called atlantica the Little Mermaid world, mm-hmm. and you start hearing Under the Sea. Yeah, I haven't when, gotten like, that
0: far yet. I'm still in the deep jungle with, with Tarzan right now. I'm like six hours into the game, and I'm just now like in the middle of deep jungle.
2: I was a little disappointed in deep jungle only because it didn't have Phil Collins music.
0: <laughs> but it's was, it was kind of nice to, to replace Donald in my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In in my little party with uh, Tarzan, because he's a yeah. little he's a little more scrappier than than he takes a little more damage than Donald does.
2: True. Uh, one of my favorite aspects of this game is the music. You know, Phil Collins jokes aside, what I like about the tracks for each world is that even in worlds like Traverse Town and the Island, it has that disney feel to it like you're like i could see this being in a disney movie some of it yes you know redone versions of classic disney songs but i still think the overall soundtrack is a very nice mix of you know rpg final fantasy-esque type music mixed in with a disney feel
0: yeah i really like the music for this game i i found it getting stuck in my head actually uh, over the, the last week. And yes, Tuxball, actually I know I'm doing the episode and I'm not even past the first three worlds, but we already had the episode scheduled and I was playing it as fast as I could. So, <laughs> But I enjoyed it though. I really did. I understand the charm of the game. I really want to keep going, but I'm also at a point where i don't, not sure if I want to keep going on the PS2 because I'm not enjoying the controls. So if they do fix that in the 1.5 version, I would rather purchase and play that on my Switch, honestly.
2: Well, isn't the the Switch version that's only in the cloud though?
0: Um, what do you mean? I,
2: so like you I think you have to be connected to the internet to play it.
0: Really? I didn't know that.
2: We we talked about it a few weeks ago. I want to say it's in the cloud. I I'll look it up real quick to to confirm but I believe it's available for the p s four as well
0: yeah I could get it for the p s four or or the switch uh honestly it doesn't matter which one i'm it'd probably be better on the p s four um as far as uh you know uh, graphics and stuff like that um but yeah it, i think I'm at a point in the game where I really didn't want to go much further because if they have fixed that with uh, with the with the controls I'd much rather play it on PS4. I think I would I think I would enjoy it a lot more because I feel like the game is so immersive and I love the world that it's creating and I'm a huge fan like Alice in Wonderland is still one of my favorite um Disney, Disney movies. movies of all time and just getting to that world first and and experiencing that like that was such a nostalgia trip for me. I, and everybody was like, oh, man, that first world sucks. Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was really good. Um,
2: That's it, how I was with going to Agrabah. Because Aladdin's, like, how you feel about Alice in Wonderland is how I feel about Aladdin. So just being in Agrabah, seeing the palace, seeing, you know, Aladdin, all the, uh, the Aladdin characters, just, it made me feel like a kid again.
0: Yeah, but I, I was really getting a kick out of the, of the game. But the bad thing is those controls just kept kept ripping me out of the experience because it was it's just so unwieldy. And I get it. You know, this was twenty years ago uh, that this game came out, and and we're still in that tra- that 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 era of gaming where they hadn't quite figured out that controlling the camera in a three D world, controlling the camera with your right thumb, is just standard like that's the only way this works (laughs) is to be able to control the camera with your right thumb because the whole time I'm playing I keep wanting to use that right thumbstick to move the camera around
2: and it is confirmed you have to have internet connection to play Kingdom Hearts on the switch yeah I don't think so do that
0: I just get it for PS4
2: yeah I I think I'm gonna do the same because I I played the this comes with 1.5 and 2.5 I never beat the sequel. So I'd love to go back and actually finish that. And I still haven't played the third one.
0: So my birthday is coming up. So if we have any listeners that want to gift it to me on PS4, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, yeah.
2: But yeah. Uh, Touch Biloxi says the fight with Genie Jafar also bodied me. It, it, it was really surreal fighting those bosses. Like you'd never think you'd be fighting like Genie Jafar in, in a video game.
0: See that's the cool thing about this game is you had those cutscenes where you start to see the bad guys that are behind everything, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Like just the cutscenes themselves look so good. Even at this time on the PS2, they look spectacular.
2: Well, and that was another thing that was you know a dream realized because as a kid, you think, "What would happen if?" Maleficent, Hades, all these other like iconic Disney villains all team up, and that first cutscene where you see all of them together was just—it was surreal.
0: Yeah, and I—I I had no idea there were so many Kingdom Hearts games. I mean, you got Kingdom Hearts.
2: That's another complaint of mine, but I'll get to that. In Kingdom
0: a second. Hearts Chain of Memories, uh, Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. which is a direct sequel to the first game, but then you've got Kingdom Hearts Two. Uh, it takes place one year after the events of Chain of Memories, so it's really Kingdom Hearts three. Uh... There,
2: I, this is the bad part of it being a Final Fantasy <laughs> hybrid. Yeah. So, Chain of Memories was a game for the Game Boy Advance, which I, I did play not too extensively. It, it wasn't terrible. It was. Um, it was different from the first one because you would um you would use like card game mechanics, so you'd get different cards that would you would use for different attacks. Dad. And that's how you would fight enemies. So it was it was very different. It it did add more to the story, but you you look at the list of spin-offs like Kingdom Hearts coded, yeah, 358 slash two days, and all this time I'm like just Give me Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. And, and then all it was over even longer place. wait. It was almost a 15 year wait between two and three.
0: And they're all over the place, too. Like, Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, let's see, Chain of Memories was on Game Boy Advance. Kingdom Hearts 2 was on PlayStation 2. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Coded is an episodic mobile phone game. Uh, 358 II, Two Days was released for Nintendo DS. Birth by Sleep is a prequel to the series released for the PlayStation Portable in Japan. Uh, Let's see. Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance uh, was for the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, Oh, my God. There's so many. Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, let's see, was in 2010 for the... Said it was developed for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Are those out on the PlayStation Four? Kingdom
2: Hearts Three. Uh, yes. So yeah, the Kingdom Hearts Three didn't come out until 2019. Okay, because it says 2000.
0: Oh wait, uh, it says in September 2010, Tetsuya Nomura stated that his team was too busy with other projects, such as Final Fantasy 15, um, to work on Kingdom Hearts Three. So it didn't come out until uh January 25th, 2019 and January 29th worldwide.
2: Yeah, the anticipation for that was pretty high because it was a 15-year gap near about between at 2 and the actual Kingdom Hearts 3.
0: <laughs> so they really did go Final Fantasy on this
2: thing. Yeah, like I I don't know. Like that that's another big complaint of mine is that I like, I like the universe. I like the characters. Like I'm talking about the non Disney ones. Like, of course I like the Disney ones, but I just kept thinking, just, just give me a true sequel. Like the spinoffs are cool. Like if you want to do a couple, that's fine, but you're kind of going overboard.
0: Yeah. But I, I mean, you know, it, I'm,
2: I'm, it doesn't just... take away from the charm of the original game or yeah. you know, the, the sequel.
0: And I I think if you're, like, it is sort of the, the, the combat is sort of button mashy, which I don't mind. You know, I I like a good button masher. Um, But like I said, it it gets kind of frantic when there's multiple enemies on the screen. and When you can't can't,
2: control that camera.
0: Yeah, you can't control the camera. You can't, um, it's really hard to switch between enemies so that you're all attacking like the same uh, enemy at the same time but i think if you um if if you are a final fantasy fan or you're a fan of like 3d button mashing kind of games and you're if you're definitely a disney fan i highly i think you would highly enjoy this game if you've never played it before but i would suggest getting the uh, the 1.5 remix for either the ps4 or the switch which i think i'll enjoy it even though I did enjoy it, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it at all. It just had a lot of nitpicky things that, that really yanked me out of the game, like the enjoyment of it and the immersion of it. I think I'll enjoy it a lot more playing it on the, uh, the remaster, the PS4.
2: Well, I think back then, we just looked at the combat style as that's what it is. Because yeah, this what... game came out in 2002. Yeah,
0: it's what we had then. We
2: like... <laughs> But we've learned so much more since
0: yeah. then. Like I said, we've learned. Uh, game developers have learned that you know, right thumbstick camera is just industry standard <laughs> from that point on for all 3D uh, environments. Like, there's just no, there's no other way to do it. There's just not.
2: Yeah, this conversation is really just making me want to go get the remaster for PS4 and actually, you know, see how much better it is.
0: Uh, uh touch boy says, look, man, you got to realize Sora has his memories turned into an action-based card game so that when he was put in that their pod, that blonde girl could draw pictures of him.
2: <laughs> That's going way deeper down the rabbit hole than I know.
0: <laughs> I think he knows. But I'll a take lot. your word for it. Yeah. I think he knows a lot more about these games than I, I'm i just scratching the surface and he's like down at the bottom of the iceberg.
2: So one random thing I'll mention. So he's talking about Ansem, who is, you know, an antagonist in the game. Um, back when I was doing the, the Nerd Cave podcast, the first convention that we ever went to and did interviews, we did one with the voice of Ansem. Uh, his name's Richard Epcar. He's been, you know, a famous voice actor for, for years. So that kind of makes me think of that whenever... I think of Kingdom Hearts.
0: Yeah, and I think back to you know the te- when Stephanie used to tell me about this game, and I I used to see people at you know like Pensacon and like different conventions and stuff like that, people carrying around the Keyblade, and I always thought it was like a Final Fantasy thing. I'm like, I, I'm what is? And Stephanie made one for herself, and that's when I finally realized because of her, I was like, oh, that's for the Kingdom Hearts game. Like I I had no and it was really fun to get into the game and find out what that thing was.
2: Yeah, from what my understanding is the some of the prequel games delve more into the mythology of the keyblades and what they really stand for. So it's just a really cool looking device and um it's one like I I have a not like a real replica but I have a replica of the Master Sword eventually i want to get a keyblade to put you know somewhere in here yeah that'd be cool
0: but yeah I, you know i knew it was going to be tough like everybody was kind of going to yell at me because i'm like i said i'm 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 6 hours into the game and i'm like i i don't i have i don't see the end in sight i'm like how long is this thing um and i would like to revisit this at some point when i get the ps4 version or the switch version and get further in and play the entire thing and um i just wanted to kind of talk about it this episode because i know everybody was kind of looking looking forward to it and i know i'm not very far into it but i am enjoying it i get what everybody finds enjoyable about this game because i like disney too you know i'm not a, a hardcore disney fan like you know like somebody like wally is you know i can't tell you uh, you know little tidbit facts about you know uh, like some you know uh, <laughs> everything about the parks and the movies and everything. I'm not that big of a Disney fan, but going to the the Alice in Wonderland world was was really fun for me. You know, I'm excited to get to the other worlds that are in this game and experience them, and I'd like to do that in a way that doesn't suck me out of the game, and I felt like if I'm going to move forward, I think I would rather play it when it's more playable. And that's kind of why I wanted to maybe put out put out the call to our listeners, like if you've played the one point five and touch blocks, he already talked about this in the in the chat room and Atlas. Yes, they did fix the the camera for the one point five. So I think that's what I'm gonna do to to continue to play this game. I'm not so far into it that I, I'm gonna be like, oh, I don't want to go through all that again. I think I can get through everything pretty quickly now that I know what I'm doing. And uh, well, they with better
2: controls too.
0: Yeah, better controls, and they haven't changed up everything, you know, too much. Sometimes when they do a remaster, they kind of change things up on you, and it's a little different. But I, I, feel like I can get to where I'm at in the game now, pretty relatively quickly, um, and really enjoy the game from here on out because I, I really want to play this game and enjoy myself and not be thinking. You know, oh, this sucks. Like, oh, I just want to, oh, I want to, like, why, why can't I do this and that? Like, it just kind of sucks you out of it. If I'd have played it then, it would be a different story because we didn't know any better when the game came out. But now, at this point, 20 years later, I want to have an easier time playing it.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be a fun game to go back and revisit because there's still so much that you haven't seen yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I know there's I, a ton left in this game, and I want to see it. I really do. I'm having a blast.
2: But I was curious to get your thoughts on the game and knowing that you didn't have like the same memory of it that I did. like This was your first time really getting into it. So
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, this is basically me going into the game cold. Like I knew nothing about this game going in. And I'm, you know, I'm really surprised by it. You know, the first little bit was a little, little too long, and could have been done in a cutscene. But I, you know, I understand it was early in video this type of game, you know, development. So we've learned a lot since then, and you know, I, I feel like if this game was made today. That whole island part would have just been either a cutscene or, you know, a, a five minute, ten minute uh, tutorial, and it would have been done. But I feel like because the game just did not handhold me at all, I kind of accidentally <laughs> moved the story forward. Yeah, and I. After- we'll, we'll, oh, I'm sorry. Go
2: ahead. I was going to say we'll see what happens after you know we play the the remaster cuz yeah. i i'm curious to play it as well cuz i i went back and played a little bit of this a couple of years ago but it was before the remaster came out and i haven't had a chance to play that yet
0: and as much as i liked the uh the alice and chain alice and chains <laughs> the alice in wonderland man, yeah. in, <laughs> man the in the box <laughs> the alice in wonderland world i felt like a lot of that too was me kind of stumbling through it and accidentally going where i was supposed to go so do they fix that as well in the 1.5 version where they kind of steer you in the right direction a little more or is it still sort of you kind of just accidentally <laughs> move the story forward by going into the right room or finding you know a a place in like a hole in the wall you're supposed to go through
2: they're just like yeah, they will figure it out. Yeah, they will figure smart. it out.
0: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I really enjoyed what I played so far. I'm not gonna give it a score because I'm not nowhere near finished with the game, but I am enjoying it. I understand what everybody loves about the game. <clears throat> I really I get it. I love Disney. You know, I love Disney movies. Some of my favorite movies, uh, you know, uh, are you know, Alice in Wonderland um Sword in the Stone, um, Robin Hood, the you know, this type of older Disney game. So, I'm really excited to see what comes next and what world I'm going to be going to. But like I said, I want to do it on on the the remaster.
2: I think that's a very smart plan.
0: And I think if you're a PS2 enthusiast and you know, you like that sort of like the playing the original game, you know, original, the way it was meant to be played, and you have a PS2, I would recommend getting a copy of it. You know, it's not that expensive. I think you could pick up a copy for like ten bucks these days because it's not, you know, it's not rare by any means. I've I've seen it at uh, the the retro shop we have near me. I think you know copies like maybe ten dollars, eight, nine, ten bucks. Um, I don't think any of them are like hard to find or anything.
2: If you're a collector of PS2, I think if you were to have five games from the PS2, this is definitely one because of just the mix of nostalgia and just overall good storytelling. Like it's the game is not without its flaws, but it's still a good game that's worth playing.
0: And it's also good to go back and see where we came from, too, because there's a huge transition from you know the 2D side scrolling you know games we had in you know the 80s 90s and then you moved into that 3D world and it was wonky for a few years so it, it, we really come a long way like you look at you know like Red Dead Redemption and all those games Assassin's Creed you look at those games that we got now like Elder Scrolls games and you go back and you play this and you're like man we've come a long way in a short amount of time
2: that we have that we have
0: but i recommend it i, I would recommend anybody to play this game if you're if you're a kind of a rpg fan cuz it's not hardcore like jrpg it's not like you know it's not uh random encounters and things like that it's not um and i found it to be very uh User friendly, let's let's say that as far as an RPG action RPG goes. So, I, I really had a good time with it. I think you will too. But definitely go pick up the uh, the 1.5 version for either the PS4 or the Switch, and I think you'll have a really good time with this game.
2: Get it for the PS4 because the cloud service sucks. Yeah, I don't like
0: cloud service, so <laughs> I'm definitely getting the PS4 version. Same. But uh next week, you are going to be talking about uh, Mickey Speedway USA for the N64. Yep.
2: As recommended by one of our Patreon subscribers, Mr. Tyler Watson. And I also found out Rare developed this game. Really? Yes, they did. So I had no idea. You know it's going to be good. We'll, we'll, we'll see, and you know how much I love Rare.
0: So, And Tyler so, Watson was in our Discord today, really worried that I was going to bash this game. And I told you I'm gonna be kind. I'm not. <laughs> I don't hate this game at all. I really like it. I think you know it's totally justified everybody's love for this game. I I get it. I see it.
2: Yeah, it's it's honestly making me want to go back and and play it because I, I it's one of the I think it's one of the first times that I felt nostalgia was seeing the the worlds that took place in the Disney universe, as well as just even seeing, you know, that opening cutscene with Donald, Goofy, and mm-hmm. Daisy and Minnie. And
0: those cutscenes like look great too. They
2: do. <laughs> they really do.
0: But uh, but yeah, and speaking of our Discord, if you'd like to join our Discord, I have a link on top of our Twitter page at Nerd Retro. will take you. Uh, follow that link. It'll take you straight into our Nerd Cave Retro Discord where everybody's hanging out. So come hang out with us. We're in there all day talking about stuff. And that that link never expires. That's at the top of our Twitter page. So if you want to come hang out with us, follow that link, and it'll take you right to our Discord. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, this was a, a, a fun episode to do because I, I was kind of dreading it because I was like, I feel like I'm not that far into the game, even though I'm like, I look at the game timer and I'm like over six hours in. I'm like, good Lord, how long is this game?
2: No, it, we had good conversation about the game. So I thought it was great.
0: But uh, but yeah, um, so what you got coming up this week? I know we got your wedding in a few weeks. So
2: In a few weeks, yes. So um, I, I think for those who didn't listen last week, I think what we're going to do for our bonus episode is uh, we're going to review Sonic the Hedgehog 2 when it comes out in theaters, if we're both able to see it opening weekend. And then... Um, there'll be news soon i don't want to give a a concrete date just yet but there will be news soon about uh, the return of feature presentation oh cool So it'll be it'll be it'll be soon and i've i've got some cool things in the works with it that might include uh the show being featured at a local festival here oh that's Pensacola. cool so so more more to come on that um the show's on hiatus for right now, but all the episodes are still on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you want to check out the video versions, they're on YouTube. Just search for Feature Presentation. And be sure to follow me at Feature Pres Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to find out when the show will be coming back.
0: And uh, this last week, I submitted Monsters Anonymous to the Smodcastle Film Festival. And so everybody, please keep your fingers crossed. And I'm hoping because Brian O'Halloran is in the movie, we get picked. And if we do, I'm going to go up to the Castle Film Festival when it's happening. And uh, I think August is going to be happening. And I would love for to be there for that. So fingers crossed. That'd be sick. Oh, it'd be so cool. And um, another thing before we leave, I just want to tell everybody, uh, just put a post up on Patreon for uh, the show we got coming up on April 6th. Um, so go for your Go Go read that post. And um, please, everybody, go leave us a review wherever you listen to the show, especially if it's like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, trying to get us back up in those uh, top slots. So if if you can, just take 30 seconds out of your day to go give us a thumbs up and say very good show uh, or even if you hate us. Uh, go on there and say, these guys are idiots. Don't listen to it. But either way, it puts us right up uh, the top of the list of reviews. So if you could do that for us, thank you, guys. That would be awesome. So, Derek, is there anything else we need to talk about before we get out of here?
2: No, I think we're good.
0: All right, let me uh, let me get the soundboard here. It's a little unwieldy. I got to get used to it. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash NerdCaveRetro and Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro and individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. We have merch for sale. We got shirts like if you're watching on video, you can get this one right here. Get in, user. We're doing video game stuff. Go get that shirt. We can get a, you can even you don't even need a shirt. You can get a mug. You can get uh bags, all kind of stuff, stickers at ncrmerch.com. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Nerdcave Retro, where as little as a dollar a month gives us uh, keeps the lights on here at the show. And also leave us a review if you would. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about.
2: Wang
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Master Blaster runs bogatown. You blow it!